So this story will make a lot of people's blood boil because if you ever needed further proof that Veterans Affairs needs a complete overhaul, then this headline and story is it. A convicted murderer who killed an off-duty cop and then dumped her body is now sitting in a jail cell, is going to now get coverage for PTSD from Veterans Affair. And he has never served a day in our military. His name is uh, Christopher Garner. He's 30 years old from Halifax, and he was convicted just last year of the second-degree murder of Catherine Campbell. And he was sentenced, and at his parole hearing, his lawyers argued that he suffers from PTSD because of what he did. What he did. The woman he killed and carried out and tried to, you know, hide her body. That, that, that's what he did, but he got PTSD because of that. Well, his father served in the military. So he is part of Veterans Affairs. He should be able to get treatment, but he's being treated for PTSD. And he actually says the two of us getting, you know, treated together helps my disorder. So because his dad was in the military... His son gets the coverage, too, even though he's a convicted killer. And yet we've got veterans right across this country, thousands of them, who are committing suicide, who are sick, who have been desperately trying to get help, not just from this current government, but the last government. And now they're reading this headline, that a convicted killer is bumped to the head of the line. There's something wrong with that. Colin Saunders is a retired sergeant in the arms for armed forces and now an advocate for vets. He joins me now. Hi there, Sergeant. Hi there. How are you doing? Well, I'm probably better than a lot of you and your colleagues are. What's your reaction to this? Uh, I'm disgusted and outraged, as are millions of uh, veterans, first responders and Canadians. How did this happen? I, I don't understand. I, I, the first time, I mean, I understand that families often get coverage. You know, it, it happens in all sorts of businesses. But I had no idea that a convicted killer would still qualify because his dad served at one time. Yeah, this seems like an exception to the rule. I mean, it's very rare that someone who's convicted of murder is seeking um you know, support from Veterans Affairs in this manner, it, and it's completely off the hook. Okay, so h- how is this process working? Is there an appeal that can happen? I mean, what are you hearing as far as any kind of recourse? Is there not some? This is the kind of case, um, Colin, that I think if I were the minister in charge of Veterans Affairs, if I were Seamus O'Regan, I'd be saying, okay, I need to take care of this because this is not going to fly. Well... I kind of wish they would, but in all honesty, I'm not surprised. The Liberal government has a history of giving money to um, criminals and terrorists. So, Right. And so then what are you hearing from, you know, your colleagues? They're outraged. They're absolutely disgusted and outraged, especially when we have veterans who are waiting in queue um, for services from Veterans Affairs, sometimes waiting up to a year up to two years even, and uh, and also waiting that same length of time just to hear back on claims. I mean, when how is the veteran supposed to feel when they're suffering from PTSD and they're living in limbo and they keep getting brushed off and buried in bureaucracy? Um, I don't know. Like, this is an absolute disgrace as far as our government goes, and it's not the first time.
Okay, so I was going to ask you, have you ever heard of, not necessarily this particular situation, it's not often that someone, you know, goes out and kills a cop, so it's a very high-profile case, but are there other examples of this that have kind of gone under the radar but should have served as a red flag that there are changes needed? Oh, there's lots of changes needed. Uh, how many times this kind of circumstance or circumstances similar to it have happened, I would only be speculating to kind of say that, but uh, I definitely think that someone's rights end where another person's rights begins. So I kind of think that when you murder someone and you give yourself self-inflicted PTSD, come on here, this is a joke. I mean, is our, is uh, Veterans Affairs now supporting uh, a women abuse? Is that it? Is that what they're doing? Well, you know, it's interesting because the Prime Minister has, you know, you guys are pretty greedy. You do ask for a lot. You know, that's what the, the words were for him in a town hall. <laughs> This is coming from the Kokanee Grofer, right? Well, his words, uh, you know, but this, this is, um, you know, I have to think, though, that that when you're serving, so if you've got kids, are they covered automatically because of, of you know, your role in the military? Typically, uh, dependents are covered, uh, but you have to think, this is a grown adult. Uh, you know, once my children reach the age of uh, a certain age, uh, I no longer receive benefits for them. I don't receive uh, monthly payments like under the old system, or, or I don't get services afterwards. So I'm really puzzled how this guy got this kind of service. Like, they're, I'm all for families receiving help by proxy, you know, through their serving members. That's a wonderful thing. But in this circumstance, there should have been someone looking at this saying, we need to give this a second look because, honestly, it's a, it's a disgusting slap in the face to Canadians again. Yeah, it, it is It is gross. It did shock me. And, of course, uh, Veterans Affairs is not commenting on it because they're able to hide behind the fact that this case is before the courts and they're just, they've are just they got privacy issues and all the rest of the garbly gook that they kind of hide behind. But certainly um, Mr. O'Regan would be alerted to this because I know that um, uh, Aaron O'Toole, Conservative uh, MP, uh, fired off a note and said, hey, this needs to be dealt with. Where does it go from here, though? Are, are, are veterans going to, you know, at some point get on a letter writing campaign where where you go from here on a case like this you know what letter writing campaigns are are one thing but it's easy for uh, their staffers to vet these letters and trash bin them the same thing with the online stuff what's really seems to be effective is calling the minister's office <laughs> um, because it's it's um you know when their phone's ringing off the hook all day and they're not getting any work done because Canadians are giving them, sending them a clear message that this is not okay, then they start to kind of ponder whether or not they made the right choice. Yeah, a good week of uh, 24-7 calls. I guess that would be effective. Um, from, from where you were, where vets were under Harper uh, versus now, has it gotten right. any better? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, you know, Mr. O'Regan says that he's injected $10 billion uh, towards helping veterans. Well, let's think about that for a minute. They over- reopened a bunch more offices, they hired a bunch more staff, and there's a lot more bureaucracy involved in veterans getting uh, favorable decisions from VAC. I mean, you can't tell me that he's improved the system when our wait times are honestly worse than they've ever been historically ever. Like, what, What's the wait time now on average? You know what? Uh, there are claims that are going on over a year, 
over a year. And think about that. Someone who's struggling with right. PTSD and can hardly um, even reach out to their best friends to tell them they're struggling because they're hurting. And, um, you know, they're living in limbo for over a year. And sometimes that has a very um, big economic toll on the family as well. You know, when you're living in limbo and uh, you don't know what's going to happen day to day, and you're just struggling to get through every day. No wonder so many uh, first responders, so many veterans are committing suicide because they're barely hanging on by a thread and they're honestly left out in the cold. Completely unacceptable. Well, it, it it is strange because we're so much more open about talking about things like mental illness. We're so much more open, open about talking about, you know, addiction issues and all the and the issues of PTSD. And yet there's such a large population within a, in a specific sector being veterans who are completely being ignored. Right. You know, let me tell you something. I did PTSD therapy uh, successfully. I, I went through prolonged exposure therapy and cognitive behavior therapy, and I'm much better for it now. But I have to tell you two things. Number one, um, PTSD doesn't make you a murderer. Mm-hmm. A dirt bag makes you a murderer, cut and dry. That's that's where that stands, okay? And can you can't Canadians aren't buying the fact that this guy requires services for something he inflicted on himself. I think he should sit in jail for thirteen years and think about it. How does who's paying for that uh, police officer's family to get therapy? Who's yeah. paying for that? There's already a system in place through the prison system for these people to get help. Why is Veterans Affairs sticking their nose in this? I think it might have something to do with a little bit of political posturing, to be honest with you. Yeah, sadly, everything's politics today, and the family of this uh, woman who was killed is not speaking. I can only imagine uh, what they have been through, but it's just continued salt in the wound, you know, for them. I have received some messages from uh, some of the family members of the... uh, fallen officer and my heart goes out to them completely and uh they have thanked me for bringing this issue up they do not agree that this fellow should receive any uh services from veterans affairs and the whole country is appalled but you know what um if i had to sell someone on something it would be minister o'regan you know with his former acting career and stuff he's got a tough sell i'm sorry but this doesn't wash with canadians i have I've had very, very few people tell me that this was a win for anyone. In fact, everyone said they're just outraged. Yeah. Well, we'll see if there's any kind of reaction. There has been, a, it's it's gone quiet on the political side today, but we'll see where it uh, goes and if there's any kind of appeal. But uh, keep in touch with me, will you? Well, actually, Minister O'Regan posted on his page today a response to this. So what I'm urging Canadians to do is to go on to Minister O'Regan's page and provide him some respectful feedback, respectful feedback. Respectful feedback will always have greater traction and let him know how you feel about this. What did he say in his statement? I didn't, I didn't catch his statement. What did he say? Uh, just one second. Let's see if I can find it for you. Oh. I'll find it. I'll find it after the break and read it. But again, uh, it'll be interesting to see again if he does get that response, because generally speaking, you don't get any feedback or response unless there's uh, a huge onslaught, um, you know, of of language to them. So we'll see uh, what happens with that. But uh, stay in touch. And I thank you for your service. That goes without saying, but it should be said more. Well, thanks for having me. Always. Cheers. 
All right. Thanks a lot. That is retired Sergeant Colin Saunders, who now acts as an advocate for vets. And you bet they're outraged. And they should be. It's 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 outrageous. I, I don't I don't understand. We are so soft on crime already. But this is just insulting. You know, and I don't I don't think for a second that the family of that young woman, they aren't they probably are not getting a cent. And imagine what they've been through. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.